Hey everybody, Joseph here, one of the pastors at the First Presbyterian Church of Flint, and I wanted to welcome you to our sermon podcast, a show that features the latest sermons preached here at First Pres. But first, a little bit about us. The First Presbyterian Church of Flint is an historic downtown congregation, proudly part of the Presbyterian Church USA, the largest Presbyterian denomination in the United States. We have a vibrant and thriving ministry to our neighbors here in Flint and are engaged weekly in worship, faith formation, a dynamic ministry to kids and teenagers, and community building across generations. You can learn more at fpcf.org. You can check out our weekly live stream broadcasts on our channel on YouTube. But better yet, you can stop by any Sunday at 930 to worship with us. We'd love to welcome you and your family to worship. Now, here's this week's sermon. I'm happy to be here this morning. As nervous as I might be, it's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord and to be able to share his word and what he has given me for myself first and then prayerfully for you. I know this is a very familiar passage of scripture for most of us, us if not all of us. The story starts and ends with an expert in the law who we kind of refer to as lawyers um, and Jesus having a conversation. I did a little study um, because I wanted to um, learn a little bit more and have the Lord speak to me in a different way. It's something when you've been listening to stories from Vacation Bible School all the way up, but at different times in your life the story can mean something different for the season that you're in. So in studying a little history, I was reminded um, that the Jewish people and the Samaritans really didn't get along too well. The study of some history indicated that there was drama or bad feelings between um, those two um, ethnicities. So they didn't deal deal with each other. And if you can recall the story of the Samaritan woman at the well, She even said to Jesus, your kind does not mix with my kind, and he's trying to give her some water that she would never thirst again. So sometimes there are some things in between different ethnicities or races of people that can cause some little bit of confusion, conflict, drama, whatever you choose to call it. The point is that there was friction between those two. And according to the scholars, the story did take place in an area where um, could have been, I would say, a little bit rowdy um, because an assault happened. The man was robbed and the man was beaten. I titled this uh, story or this message, A Call to Act. Now, will you please say, A Call to Act? Thank you. This story has four characters the priest, the Levite, the Samaritan, and the injured man of Jewish Jewish descent. I consider the priest and the Levite maybe co-stars in the plot because they did walk away. And the stars of the story would be the Samaritan and the injured man. Um, From a carnal or intellectual perspective, there may, have been some uns- there may have been some unknown circumstances with the priest and the Levite. Um, I had a conversation with pastor and, 
you know, I, I, he helped me see just a little bit. Sometimes when people preach about this story, they can be a little bit too hard on the um, priest and the Levite. And so I said, okay, Lord, tell me what that means. And, cause Jesus didn't ask that part in the parable. So I began to think about the priest and the Levite and I said, okay, let me make this story present for me. Let me make it in, in, in this time, the time that I'm living in. And what he gave me was, the priest could have been on his way to pray for someone at Hurley Medical Center and just did not have time to stop. The Levite could have been running late for work and did not have time to stop. They could have looked at the situation, the place where they were, the fact that someone has been beat up, and we know sometimes when violence or community violence happens, how many of you actually stick around? No hands. How many of you actually try to go to safety? Still no hands. Now y'all do something. <laughs> y'all gotta pick one of the two. Um, so they just, at that moment, did not stop. And there could have been many reasons that they didn't. So we will give some grace to the priest and to the Levite on today. We won't go there. We'll focus our attention on the man who was referred to as the Samaritan, actually the good Samaritan, who was traveling. I describe him as a man, because we all are, created in God's image, who has compassion and he takes action. The wounded man believed to be a, of Jewish descent is a reminder that the two, again, because of past history or custom, they didn't deal with each other. But the man is moved with compassion, is what the scripture says. I'm gonna go back to that verse really, really quick. He said, but a Samaritan, in verse 33, while traveling came up on him, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. Now in the scripture, they all saw they all saw, they saw things from different perspectives, obviously, but they all saw. But when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The wounded man, again, believed to be of Jewish descent, was a reminder to me that this good Samaritan that's traveling on his way to do something as well, sounds like he was busy, and the man who had been beaten and robbed and left there half dead may be hard to walk by. His action does not focus on the ethnicity of the man who was beaten, because if he had, he wouldn't have stopped. Mm. It is imperative to understand that when it comes to a God call to act, being kind and compassionate should be the focus. This is the case for the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan actually does quite a bit of work in this scripture. Um, I share with Pastor that this story reminded me of my dear mother who has gone on to be with the Lord, she used to always watch, and I, you guys may have heard of Billy Graham. She would watch Billy Graham on TV, and so I was inspired to look at one of 
his sermons from past that talked about the Good Samaritan. And he pointed out 10 things that the Good Samaritan did. I counted out a couple of more and went back and said, wait a minute, am I counting too many? Am I counting not enough? So can I have your help this morning? I'm so used to interactive call and response, so I'm gonna ask you guys to help me this morning to make sure I have my numbers right. When I call out what he did, will you number them? So when I call out the first one, you will say? The next one? Okay, y'all got it. <laughs> he went to him. Checked out the wounds. Poured wine. Poured oil. Bandaged his wounds. Went and got his animal. Put him on the animal. Brought him to an inn. Took care of him. Paid for housing. Paid for care. And made a promise to do more when he returned. Answering the call to act to others is our act on behalf of others or for others is our responsibility as believers. We have to look beyond sometimes, many times. Jesus may even say every time. Socioeconomic status, physical conditions, ethnicity, mistakes, shortcomings, labels, speculations, false knowledge of self, false knowledge of others, and answer the call to do something. Yeah, the, the action of the Good Samaritan benefited the man, but it is the obedience to show compassion and the call to be kind and show mercy that is the emphasis of this message. What must I do to inherit eternal life is what the lawyer asked. Who is my neighbor is what the lawyer asked. He gave him the answer according to the law and Jesus said, that's good. But then when we have the story about the Samaritan who does how many things? Oh, that was good. <laughs> who does all of these acts. He answered the call to act. Could have been busy on his way. He was traveling, going to do something, but answered the call. So that was one other thing that the Lord kind of showed me about the Levite and the priest. Maybe that time was not their call to do the work. Maybe it was intentionally the call for the Samaritan to do the work. What is your call? How is God calling you to act? Jesus shows us that our neighbor may not look like us. Our neighbor may not live next door or even in our neighborhood. Our neighbor may not talk like us or speak the language that we speak. This is a hard one. Our neighbor, neighbor may not even like us, <laughs> but
But if we're called to act, what do we do? Will you seize the opportunity to answer God's call? Will you use resources to act? Will you use your skills to act? Will you make time to act? Will you develop a passion to act? Will you make a commitment to act? Will you accept your call to act? The act could be following your heart to help someone get furniture, using resources already in place, making, an extra, making extra time to locate the person and even help them. And this is a true story, but I won't call any names. Could it be giving a ride to a familiar face at the Sunday morning breakfast in cold weather? True story, but I will not call any names. Is it making time to pray for someone who, can't, who you can't actually help with the resource, but be willing to petition the throne of grace for divine intervention on their behalf, like Miss Joanne did for me this morning. True story, but I won't call any, well I did just call the name, didn't I? <laughs> it is, helping, is it helping someone get a birth record and an ID and bus passes and lunch and glasses and medication and medical supplies, a job lead for them to become self-sufficient. True story, I think I did just embarrass myself because that is my call. God has called all of us to love him and in loving him we are called to love others. We can't say we believe, well we can say it but it's not right. We shouldn't say we believe his word and love him and not show compassion and kindness, mercy, and love to others who are either spiritually hurting or physically hurting. Robbed of dignity and respect, beaten with unkind words or lies, stripped of resources and struck by forces of darkness that they have no control over. Just like the man who was beaten and robbed, basically assaulted, Everybody has a story, and the story is not about ethnicity and it's not about race. It's about a need. As the Good Samaritan was led by the love of God to show compassion and mercy, by faith he acted, we too must answer our own personal cause to act. And yes, it's in different ways. It's not always the same. God will move in all of us in a way that is specifically and unique to us. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. We all say we believe. Will you act? What we say and what we do should be in alignment with what Jesus said and did. I believe the call to act is driven by obedience, which the Bible says is better than sacrifice. And that's found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I end with this. Even Nike says, just do it. <laughs> Some young people that I talk to from time to time, they even say, don't talk about it, be about it. But Jesus said in the text, in verse 37, go and do likewise. Tell your neighbor to go and do likewise, please. 
And he also said in Matthew 25, verse 40, what you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. The moral of the story is that you should put aside differences, sometimes even feelings, and help those who are in need of help. The Samaritan did not think about the race, the religion, the socioeconomic status, the condition, the environment. He just saw a man who needed help, and he did it. May God bless the hearers and the doers of his word. To God be the glory, and thank you for having me. I am a